India invited Australia for the Malabar exercise. But why is this bothering China? Let's get into it. Hello everyone. I am Rahul Devdar. I am Prasanna Naidu. And you are listening to the Right News Podcast. Okay, so let's start with this Malabar exercise. Okay, uh, Malabar exercises are, is nothing but a naval exercise which is conducted every year between India, United States, Japan. And Australia also used to participate in it few decades ago. Then it stopped participating in it due to political reasons. And now, uh, this year, India has invited Australia and Australia has accepted the invitation and even Australia is going to participate in this exercise. So, uh, Rahul, sir, can you just tell us why these four countries only? Why is this Malabar exercise conducted by these four nations? Uh, actually, uh, if you go to the history, and uh, these exercises are uh, related to the security of the Indian Ocean region, IOR as it is called. And there are various stakeholders in the uh, safety of passage in Indian Ocean region. Only Indian Ocean or the Pacific in general? Yes, so let's we'll get into that. <laughs> the thing is that Indian Ocean region, like uh, we discussed in one of the earlier episodes on uh, the geopolitics, is a very crucial region because it has access to two very critical trade points. Like last time we discussed, the Suez Canal is on one side and the Gulf of uh, the Malacca Strait or the Singapore Strait is on the other side. Now that part, the Singapore Strait, controls the entry exit to the South Pacific. Hmm. And the Indian Ocean region is itself a vast region and uh, it controls around 70% of world trade. Now, imagine the importance of this uh, space in terms of geopolitics. Now, if you look at the, the stakeholders of the Indian Ocean region, India is the de definitive stakeholder in the Indian Ocean region. It is Indian Ocean. <laughs> but uh, America has a base in the Indian Ocean region, which it established post the World War II. And that is to control freedom of navigation, that is to ensure freedom of navigation. And that is in Diego Garcia, which is close to Mauritius, it's close to Maldives rather, in, in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And so US has a stake, India has a stake. Now if you go down the Indian Ocean region, uh, it borders the Australian con uh, you know, continent. So Australia has a stake. And because the entire of Japan's oil trade goes through the Indian Ocean and particularly through the Singapore Strait, Japan also has a stake in this. Now, Japan was the major trading partner of 1960s and 70s. Now that position is taken over by China. So China is therefore worried about what is happening in Indian Ocean region. That is why the first question that you ask why China is concerned about Indian Ocean region, that is the reason. Now, China earlier tried to, uh, Australia was our, uh, you know, default partner because Australia has a stake in monitoring the Indian Ocean and uh, Australian Navy, Indian Navy and uh, uh, the Royal British Navy, we were all part of the same group pre-independence. So, we have an interoperability 
as far as protocols are concerned us was an ally always so us also was a part of this exercise and us is the sort of a global policeman if you can say that but uh, japan was part of this exercise or became a part of this exercise because of its trade uh, importance of its trade routes so it is protecting its trade interest so that was the reason but when china exerted pressure on australia to not join these australia because lot of trade exists between australia and china australia decided to give it a pass now india and australia separately hold an exercise naval exercise in the south pacific but that is technically not part of this group exercises so it's a separate one on one exercises with india has with australia and with us and japan separately and occasionally french and others also because they also have uh, some interest in this region so those okay. are the uh, exercises and these exercises are nothing but uh, you know it helps the navies collaborate so when you are jointly doing some activity so let's say you are jointly patrolling then indian navy says something then the american navy will understand that what indian navy officer is saying and that they have a, a standardized communication and decision making process now when they have a dispute amongst themselves like if indian navy and australian navy them amongst themselves have a dispute then it's a separate matter but if they're jointly patrolling in a, or you know if australian navy is patrolling it finds a ship which is of unknown flag which is basically which country it is we don't know and there is an indian navy naval ship also then australian naval ship can alert indian naval ship ki there is some unknown vehicle coming towards you hmm. so that sort of interoperability is facilitated by these exercises right but what is this quad exactly like it says that it's quadrilateral security dialogue yes it, it is not a organization yet uh, it is not formalized properly Uh, why is that so because this uh, exercises are being conducted every year and from many decades so why yes. actually uh, they were never called quad exercises and this quad is a separate phenomena which is uh, now become uh, geopolitically very critical and uh, we give this credit to japanese prime minister shinzo abe who recently uh, quit for health reasons but uh, since about 2005 6 and 2007 definitely he was uh, championing this cause of a joint alliance to control the uh, safety and security of trade routes uh, passing from japan all towards uh, europe as well as uh, on the other side through the pacific where japan has no problem because america is japan's ally so but this the trade route from japan to europe goes through the the malacca strait or the singapore strait through the suez canal and it goes through the indian ocean region so japan had a critical interest uh, in protecting this route now this route was not a problem in general but after china started building uh, infrastructure let's say we can call it infrastructure but we can say it is a military infrastructure and uh, uh what you can say string is, of pearls and all not just string of pearls in the in the south china sea they started de- building up infrastructure 
yes uh, which is offensive infrastructure it is not a defensive infrastructure and actually it is infrastructure on uh, islands which are not chinese and they started claiming territory left right and center within the seas uh, rights of um, you know fishing rights were one thing but they started claiming uh, military right and you know denial rights and that is when japan became worried because uh, china started acquiring what is called anti access denial systems so if you can restrict access to this area then japanese trade routes will suffer and uh, they will be it's possible to sort of create a gridlock around japan on the european side if you cannot gridlock japan or encircle japan on the pacific side because it's open in the pacific side and america is there aligned there's only america in the pacific so that's why japan started initiative of quad where japan australia india and us together will create a counterweight to this chinese incursions uh, geopolitical incursions not only in the south china sea but china also had started developing string of pearls so india was also interested in uh, creating that infrastructure and uh, there was also a, re- a need to create a front against the somali pirates and pirates operating in and around the red sea so that was another area where china was using its uh, naval ships to exert some sort of an influence in this area and in that process it was creating infrastructure to sort of choke this trade route now to counter all that on the geopolitical side and as well as the sort of nuisance china was creating along the borders of india as well as claiming territories in the south china sea all those put together you know japan i mean prime minister abe particularly he thought that that this is a kind of alliance that is required to start sort of counterbalance china now this alliance you have to also look at in it's a parallel alliance this is a security alliance there is a economic parallel of tpp where america has pulled out under donald trump which was trans pacific partnership where china was excluded but all other pacific nations including south asian nations japan canada america all were part of this trans pacific partnership so this tpp was the economic counterweight because india is not a big trade partner through this channel to us side india is more trade oriented towards europe because europe is closer so tpp was the economic counterweight and uh, quad was the security and economic counterweight if you can call it that okay but why didn't they formalize it properly yet <laughs> that is the critical thing now if you realize if you see all the partners of uh, this quad basically quad is a notional group but all of them have the first if you see their trade relations the first trade partner the highest trade they have is with china mm-hmm. so china exerts lot of you can say uh, us then us does not have the highest trade with china right it is but it's considerable the chinese trade is quite high mm-hmm. so it's not uh, you know you can't sort of subvert this relationship with china to achieve uh, you know it defeats the purpose because you will your trade will get impacted to protect trade you are entering this alliance 
and there's no reason otherwise to enter this alliance. Japan doesn't care about what happens in the Indian Ocean region if its goods were to reach Europe and US without any problem. Otherwise, they would not have any problem. They have a problem because their, you know, half of their sales is in Europe and their, all their sales of these cars and all these goods, they will stop and their profits will fall half. It's like a coronavirus 2.0 for them <laughs> if this kind of choke happens. So, this choke point cannot happen. That's what the main thing is. So, because of China, they are not um, formalizing it. So, they, they were not formalizing. But then, you know, like uh, you know, some people are saying ki China has created the quad because China has started, you know, creating nuisance with each of these partners, like with Japan, with US, you know, it, with India, again, the borders clashes. Mm. And Australia, they, they started influencing their politicians. And Australian politicians are like very forthright, they are unlike, you know, uh, other politicians. So they say, ki, you know, it's in the best interest of the country to not have the entire uh, Australian trade uh, dependent on only on China. And Australia started, uh, sorry, China started using its uh, economic and trade muscle to sort of censor Australian press and Australian colleges when... Uh, you know, they would report on something happening to Taiwan or Hong Kong or something. And uh, that really, Australia did not like that at all. So they realized that this is, you know, if you don't stand up to this bully, and you know, you can't bully Australians, okay. Australians have the history that you can't bully them. It's as a, you know, as a nation, they are very upfront. That is the, you know, if you try to bully, that's the worst thing to do because they will behave exactly opposite of what you expect them to, you know, the response of bullying is their exact opposite. So you wanted to avoid uh, Australia joining the, you wanted to prevent Australia from joining the quad and try to bully them, they will definitely join the quad. <laughs> that's what actually China did, forced everyone into a group. So... Does this have any impact on uh, border tensions? It does, it does. Actually, because Quad is not simply a trade arrangement. And that is why it is uh, important. It's a security arrangement. So it means that, you know, you not only have some allies, you're, it's like a show of allies rather than standing alone against China. India is perfectly capable of standing alone against China. And that is why this alliance holds. Okay. So one of the important reasons why alliances are made is basically if you look at all the alliances like NATO. NATO was a similar alliance against a threat perception of Soviet Russia. So and China, China is uh, exactly using this phrase like Quad is uh, nothing but a NATO of Asia. <laughs> yes, exactly because uh, you know uh, while NATO was clearly militarily directed against Russia. Quad is not, but anyways, Quad is not formalized, but uh, Russia forced the uh, Atlantic or European countries into an alliance by its aggressive demonstration on, uh, you know, the former Soviet republics, Hungary, Poland, and, uh, you know, uh, interventions there. So it forced sort of Eastern European uh, countries to sort of move to come in interfering in their political process. That forced the rest of the Western European countries into alliance with America and creation of that NATO because, uh, you know, Russia has a border. It's a physical proximity 
of Russia is very close and Russia can easily uh, invade, in, I mean Soviet Russia, not Russia of today, but Soviet Russia could in easily invade into uh, Western Europe and create a problem again. And this was in the hangover of war. So you can imagine, you know, that sort of thing. But a similar alliance. So if you see Western Europe, America and all the NATO partners, they have shared values that freedom, democracy, capitalism. This is the shared value system that they have. Now, if you look at the Quad, Quad also has a similar same set of values and that's why sometimes you talk of not just quad but quad plus it is called now first it was quad plus two which is what india used to call it so quad means the quad plus france and israel sometimes then it became france israel then china started meddling with korea also then china started meddling with vietnam also so it became quad plus so now yeah. the quad plus is includes vietnam south korea taiwan I mean, every person is almost everyone except China is part of this quad plus. So that is also a new group. They all have similar values. Now, if, if you see... Are, are we conducting any meetings also like earlier with these countries like Vietnam and South we Korea? Are, we are, but they are not part of a forum. Like ASEAN is a forum. Okay. Mm. Mm. So where they have a proper uh, system and that we'll come to that I'll, I'll just come to that on that but uh, if you see on you know like drawing parallels from NATO NATO was a completely same value systems coming together against a common enemy now China was what they used to call it socialism with Chinese characteristics so it was ambiguous about where in the value system it stands and of course America Japan all even India, we were tempted by their size of market, their size of opportunity, Chinese imports were cheap. So we were tempted and we compromised on our values and had a deal with China. Trade, lots of trade with China. And that turned out to be detrimental when you now realize the Chinese values and our values don't match. I mean, US has realized that, Japan has realized that, Australia has realized that. India, of course, we have... We know that. Right. So now this is a meeting of values and a geopolitical event threat is all on this front. So all of this has come together. So we are similar values. So this is a better alliance. So alliance always is better. Like let's say you have an alliance with uh, let's say Libya under the dictator. Then the dictator may change his mind and that alliance may not hold. So that is not a good alliance because it is not based on values. Now, this is a shared value system which even France subscribes to, Israel subscribes to. So it's a good fit. So that is very important for any uh, alliance. Now, whether this alliance is formal or not is also very important. Now, let's say NATO is a formal alliance. So what it means is that they have established protocols for everything. So you can't have any problem. Now, what we are doing is we have not formalized it because it creates an opponent immediately. So we were reluctant to formalize it. But there was this alliance, unspoken it, alliance. It may have impact on a trade relations with China, basically. Yes, yes. So we were reluctant to admit that we are an alliance. So but we anyway, were, we are doing boycott China. <laughs> boycott. No, we are, no, <laughs> that we are doing, but now. 
See, uh-huh. back in 2007, we were not so sure ki whether we want to boycott China or we want to support China and, you know, China will become free. That was the story. You know, now what has happened is that if you have a standard protocol for addressing, like the way India and US navies talk or Indian army and US army talks and Indian army and Australian army talks is the same they have a joint understanding ki you know australians ko bolna hai to ye bolna hai it, you know if that clarity is there then you can yeah, jointly so, operate together and this communication you are talking about is not only about like basic communication it also includes uh, sharing of intelligence yes, uh, yes. sharing of ma- many other informative uh, sources so for example i just read somewhere that uh, in this quad uh, which like the exercises and all which are going uh, india is planning to use us geospatial intelligence to enhance its own resources so Correct. see uh, that is in fact that's a very important and very crucial question on issue that you have raised because uh, modern day intelligence is not really based on you know observing the ground because that is done by satellites okay so modern information uh, modern surveillance or modern uh, tracking or intel gathering is more electronic and it is more dispersed so there is a transaction that is happening in swiss bank account between a british national and a finnish national or something who is let's say the finnish national is a uh, high tagged person by like, you know he is a sensitive person has got terror links or china links or russia links something like that then that transaction gets monitored by a person let's say in uk mm. okay because it's a british national is involved they are tracking the british national who they suspect of something mm. so they are tracking but then you don't have this information so america is the target of this transaction let's say the uk national and finnish national are planning a terror assassination or something terror event in us then us needs to know and us will never know because it's in third domain mm. so for that they created this infrastructure called five eyes now these five eyes is like it's a sort of a intel sharing group okay now this is australia new zealand canada us and uh, uk so major uh, you know some of these countries are they are, they share their intelligence because they are not threat to each other they are sure that they are not threat to each other now even in 911 what happened was america had the intel on one of the department but it would not flow to the right department or whatever their internal communication was bit whatever held it back and 911 happened so now they are trying to say that that is terror but what about geopolitical geopolitical also has the same intel problem right what terror intel and geopolitical intel are not different mm. it's just that the actors are state actors mm. but uh, not in terrorism it, they are non state they are called non state actors right but uh, in geopolitics it's the state actor so china is doing some surveillance on us banks or compromising credit card information then that is information is available in australia then us will get that information so this is the five eyes group they have that intel sharing and that kind of information at least on china and certain other threats in indian ocean region we want to create that in intel sharing exercise so 
if that is achieved and formalized and you know there is an understanding and for that there has to be not just political alignment okay but also alignment on the uh, you know departmental level like the services the armed forces the intelligence services the foreign secretary those level services all those because they everyone has their ears on the ground what information you want to tap into that's the critical thing so this is the idea okay when you come together and share intel at least on some subjects so india because india is not a because of our history and our great uh, chacha nehru has done whatever he has done we are america doesn't trust us and we also don't, don't trust america for whatever reason because of whatever and in geopolitics uh, one actor cannot completely trust any other actor so no it it is true it is true but those actors who have the same value now america is not never going to invade india okay hmm. that much we are sure why we are sure and india is also never going to invade america india is not a threat to america america is not a threat to india we are the oldest and the biggest democracies of the world hmm. so why are we not in alliance our values are the same we are not we are perfectly clear ki we are not going to invade so why is it because we might invade pakistan we will definitely we, that we cannot guarantee we will not invade pakistan that we are not sure and pakistan is an ally of us why is that an ally of us but thanks to our chacha no and yeah uh, so this we have to know something about history or kashmir issue and all so let's not get into that No, so so the point is that you know us and india cannot or have not yet entered into that five eyes program we could be six eyes for all you know like along with australia new zealand canada america uk we can also join in i mean we have no we are not going to invade uk we are not going to invade australia new zealand they all know that so we can be six eyes but we are not because of this and that's why america will not share all intel with us it may not be sharing all intel with anyone but at least concerning intel they will flag but when it comes to china at least we hope that america will share that intel with us thanks to the quad and our relationship improving relationship through quad okay so basically quad is about security uh, among these nations but when we have united nations we have we have international court of justice so why can't we approach them if security is a concern and form a kind of alliance or group <laughs> that is a good question again but you know you can see uh, in your school when you had a problem it's better to have your group of friends right or the principal is there the whole class is there but will you go to the class teacher to resolve your dispute or better have some friends with you because the principal and the class teacher cannot control all environments so that's it's a natural thing you know un is a body which is sort of uh, self limiting because of china being part of the security council and being a problem okay mm-hmm. so the china is a problem in itself and it's part of the security council with a veto power so right UN UN is of no uh, consequence what is of consequence is the security council 
and that's why india wants a permanent seat at the united uh, you know security council again you can blame chacha for this also <laughs> yeah and icj's uh, decisions are not binding so even if we go there and they give a decision then uh, it may not be followed no actually south china sea icj has given a decision and decision. china has over you know sort of overstepped on that decision so the whole point of icj having any bite is is of no consequence to china at least so it doesn't concern you know we are countering china we are not countering south korea or libya or iran for that matter where i you know whatever so from what i understand from what i understand is uh, china can take such steps because uh it has a veto power at un icj is non it's a subsidiary body of un itself and uh, economically it has grown a lot to have such guts to take such steps yes actually um, china derives its um, you know if you look at uh, chanakya's theories china has the military power it has the economic power and it has uh, you know people number of people and well trained people not just people because india also has more people but the average indian is not well trained or at least not uh, well trained in economic activity we are not talking about army here what we are talking about is creating economic value at a higher level that's what is happening right so us wants its companies to move away from china but can india pick up the whatever phones or computers can we build those quickly and that is where we are falling behind so geopolitical power doesn't come only with good military and good navy and you know good air force it also is needs to be backed by you know really strong economic powerhouse and if you see again in world war 2 why america became a, a or even in world war 1 is because of its industry america became powerhouse because of its industry in american civil war the north that is the yankees and the new york and the free guys they won because they had the economic manufacturing and processing units so they could win over south which was rich materially but it did not have manufacturing again in world war 2 america had a really strong economic engine it won in india east india company won because it was backed by british manufacturing which was a really a big powerhouse in those days and india did not have uh mechanized manufacturing british had europe had mechanized manufacturing in world war 2 again mechanized manufacturing one again us in world war 2 was producing i think 10 aircrafts every 2 weeks or so can you imagine 10 fighters every week they were not great quality they were producing i think four ships or two ships uh, per week something like that new naval vessels every week coming out it's unbelievable the amount of work america was putting out that is the kind of economic powerhouse we need to develop now japan is got economic powerhouse australia has got economic powerhouse us is economic power. the weak part the weak part, the, the 12th man in this team is us mm. we are not we are economic powerhouse we say but we are not as big a powerhouse as these other countries we have to step up very fast but we are good with military power 
that's mm. a good advantage at least that is where we are good and we are better than most of them america excluded but we are better than japan and australia and new zealand and all these we are naval power we are yeah and i think uh, when uh, these discussions on politics or geopolitics is going on economics is kind of sidelined by the mainstream maybe media or discussions i think and that is the main point to be discussed more and think thought about more right I'm- exactly because uh-huh. economics works every day war happens only 10 days okay mm-hmm. or whatever number of days it happens it happens but the rest of the time it's the economics that works to your advantage so uh, you know if we are able to take away manufacturing from china and manufacture in india without pollution without creating environmental damage and top quality who will go to china exactly. china people will not go to china people don't want to be bullied by china or at least they will not be in china to the extent they are now china is giving some incentive okay that's why companies have compromised on their values and that incentive was that china was giving them cheap labor in return for stealing their technology mm-hmm. now the companies have understood that this is not a you know it's not a good deal for them so companies are realizing that companies are also not that stupid they only transferred what you know second rate technologies to china but that is i think a long time ago now even china has developed a lot in innovations and coming up with technologies and all so yeah that is true for years ago but now because of obviously economic strength it is it is possible for them to do that and actually china is developing but china has not yet realized that its technology is not as good as the us or japan or korea so you might think that china has similar products okay like india doesn't have similar products like for example if you want to take processors so intel has processors amd has processors which are american companies right. there are taiwanese companies in processors there are south koreans in processors but south koreans are also at level 2 okay japan and south korea is at level 2 level 1 is us level 2 level 1 is us and taiwan maybe level 2 is japan and south korea level 3 is china china is not yet in level 2 also and china realized this and india is at level 4 okay we have our homegrown processor i don't remember its name but one of the iits had designed it but uh, you know to make it as good as uh, a processor from us it's not yet there but that's the that's the beauty of india you know if indians put their mind to it indians will create something they might not create the processor but they might give you a equivalent processing power in a cheaper way we are mm-hmm. good at that okay mm-hmm. now that's not jugad people call it jugad but that's not jugad like the cdac computer which beat uh, that's a competitive product yes it's a competitive product and it was made from cheap materials readily available because we did not have many of the materials that they had so we used what we have and we invented our way so that's innovation it's indian style innovation it's not jugad the jugad that we talk about is basically you know it's that's that's not you know jugad is usually of temporary nature uh, yes 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 but chinese are they thought that they had top quality designs 
stolen and you know transferred legally and illegally stolen also they thought that they have the best deal now mm-hmm. but when they operated that they realized ki they are not anywhere close to what you know your book mein jo diya hai that in you know whatever was in that file which they stole and whatever is in actual the product in there is a great deal of difference so china uh, sort of stole fighter planes technology the engine technology from us and they tried to create that engine now us engine lasts for like 4000 hours or something or 4000 uh, cycles or whatever and chinese is able to last only 40 with the same stolen technology <laughs> now why is that <laughs> and you so you know the you have copied the answer but you haven't understood what is the critical aspect of that process so yeah. you have the technology but you can't use it so that is what they are discovering so they are at you know level 3 not even level 2 okay. but that that determines your strength of quad or your strength against quad if china was a really china turns out to be a big innovator then quad may not be enough to con- contain china yeah and uh, it would have not kind of uh, allowed us to come together and form quad uh, yes that is on the geopolitical side but uh, if they are good inventors and their economic engine becomes really strong okay from here also then it will still become a problem so it will be in for a long demo, you know protracted Uh, you know sort of a cold war kind of a thing where china and quad is against each other for long decades few decades we are at loggerheads that could happen but if their economic engine fails or doesn't hold up then they will just won't last and that's why economic engine is what will make you last economic engine is like the marathoner okay you can run long otherwise you can just run a 100 meter and then you will fall exhausted mm right 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 okay so why are other countries not yet part of quad uh, in the southeast asia so most of the countries have this dilemma okay now there is a choice that whether you want to sacrifice your trade with china by joining quad or quad like group and particularly quad is having a security uh, architecture on it so it people all of them joined tpp which was an economic equivalent of the quad if i you know just like we discussed earlier the trans pacific partnership which was excluding china everyone all pacific countries were part of that so that group was an economic counterweight but since it was economic counterweight they could join easily but because quad is a security and uh, it has a secure stronger security dimension to it they can't join overtly even though they might support right 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 okay so we have understood this quad thing and about other countries so india ke sath uh, there are territorial disputes and with japan there are historical differences and also territorial disputes and us and china it's a long debate <laughs> but australia does not have such territorial disputes with china and economically it's very dependent on china uh, but still uh, there are so many differences and australia is taking such steps now so what do you want to say about that 
why now and what triggered australia to take such steps that's actually you know uh, not just australia and uh, but also new zealand and uh, both of them have a lo- lot of trade with china yeah, australia being a resource rich country china has made lots of investment in australia for mineral ore basically iron ore and all these uh, commodities and that is uh, a big australia is a big supplier to china so australia was reluctant initially to create some sort of an formal alliance uh, of sorts but australian uh, i mean in this process china also created its own infrastructure to sort of influence australian politicians australian media and uh, sort of australian universities and australian you know the what you can say democratic institutions of australia now this actually was going on under the surface but it really came up when uh, hong kong protest uh, became uh, a big news and uh, news channels and uh, media in australia uh, college campuses in australia uh, some of these other uh, think tanks and democratic institutions they started discussing about hong kong and what the demands of the hong kong people are and why hong kong people are not happy with china and the control chinese control and that's when china started arm twisting uh, the australian uh, the new zealand uh, press new zealand politicians australian politicians and that uh, sort of triggered australians a lot and new zealanders also they don't appreciate uh, this kind of bullying in any way when you bully these uh, countries they actually stand up to you and that's how you should deal with bullies and they just stood up and they realized that most of their economy is uh, actually dependent on china and they have to make a big decision whether to sort of fall in line with china or stand up to china and to their credit they decided that uh, you know we are going to stand up to china and we are not going to take this because then it became a question of their values and that is why you know the values alignment of values is very critical in quad that is why this alignment of values was very critical in nato and it is critical in quad also ki we have shared values you know once you say ki you know you are interfering in everything then people just stand up and say ki no we will not take this and we will stand up to you yeah enough But is enough enough is enough and china had actually pulled out some of these uh, uh, investments in retaliation but australians said you know it's okay we will deal with it that's the advantage you have when you have a strong economy and rich you are a rich country that's the advantage you get so india you know when you say ban chinese products india doesn't have that much because all of our uh, let's say many people who get to use a phone which is made in china phone they will suffer and their economic prospects will go down Yes. not with you america uh, not with australia or new zealand because they are rich they can afford competitive mm-hmm. products right. so they stood up and now they are that's why that's why actually you know that's why uh, china is antagonizing picking fights with most of the countries forcing them into a alliance so in fact we can say that china has created this quad <laughs> and rather than this quad members coming together Yes sir completely agree so i think on that note we must conclude this episode 
please do share this episode wherever you can on social media or personally on whatsapp and all and also follow us here because we are going to come up with a new episode next week so do join us there thank you for listening to the right views podcast thank you